Are you dissatisfied with your spiritual progress, feeling stuck without knowing why, even after deliverance prayers or years of therapy? Recover your dignity, find your purpose, and discover the thrill of walking with God once again. Explore spiritual consultations with Sonia at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Click Go Deeper on the homepage, then one-on-one, and find out how to cooperate more deeply with the Holy Spirit's action in your life with a spiritual consultation. If you like having Bible study in your pocket and you have an iPhone or iPad, why not leave a review? Search Bible Study Evangelista in iTunes and tell everyone how you're loving and lifting all you've been given. Here's Sonia. Welcome to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. I'm Sonia Corbett, your Catholic Evangelista, and we are in the weeds of the revelation of the body, where Jesus shows us that our bodies know our trauma. The body remembers. And the science behind that, the science behind the healing of the body's memories, we're several shows into that. Today, we're going to wrap that part of the series up. So, In the Samata series on our bodies and physical healing, we've looked at the creation of the body as a temple, a tabernacle, a home for the Trinity, much like the heavens and the earth are also a tabernacle for God, but also for us. And then we looked at the degradation of the body where we fell. The angels fell, and then they tempted the human being to fall. And sickness and disease, death and suffering all entered the picture. And this part, the shows that I'm numbering four, 4. 4.1, 4.2, 4.3, 4.4 are on the revelation of the body, as I said, where we are learning how the body reveals our woundedness, which I think is absolutely amazing. And the fact that the body knows and knows how to heal and tries to, to communicate with us that it needs healing and how and where, I think is absolutely fascinating. It is just fascinating. And I love being at this time in church history where it feels like the Lord is revealing this to the church. It's not just me. I've seen so many people share so many other places that are also doing series on this connection between the mind and the the body. And I think it's important that the church addresses this because we don't want to fall into new age stuff because the the connection between the body and mind has been sort of co-opted for quite some time by the new age New Agers, I, I could say, but New Age practice and philosophy and and all that, and we don't want to get into that because it leads to dangerous things. I think I'm going to actually do a series just on that. I've got several lined up actually. Um, I want to do a series also on gratitude and how gratitude is healing. Um, a friend of mine on the community, Samantha, um, she actually mentioned that, and I want to delve into that quite a bit more because it it I have experienced that myself anyway after we finish up today on the revelation of the body we're going to look at the elevation of the body in the Eucharist 
in healing and resurrection in the second coming. We're going to look at Jesus's ascension and Mary's assumption and what we have to look forward to and what we begin experiencing now because the kingdom is within us, Jesus said. Our salvation has begun, the second coming even. Uh, as I, I quoted Simeon, the theologian, who said, He who has seen the uncreated light and united with God is not awaiting the second coming, but living it. I love that idea. And our precious Benedict Sixteenth said, Everything God did was to heal us. Our healing is the outward sign of the remission of our sins. So it all begins now, and we'll look at that in the next couple of shows, the elevation of the body. So what I'd like to do today is try to simplify the last couple of shows in a tool for you to be able to work through your pop quizzes in a way that incorporates the physical symptoms that we all experience because of past traumas. Now, I shared in the, the last show my own experience with working through this process, and I did so so that you could possibly see yourself in a similar situation. So to recap, threats equal a response, a trauma response. So fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And trauma means that we're frozen long term. It's acute stress from a either a real life threat or a perceived life threat or as the end product of cumulative stress. A friend of mine just um, mentioned that it felt like death by a thousand cuts. And and that's how my own trauma was. It was cumulative over time, which is why a lot of us don't realize that, that what we're experiencing is a trauma response because we didn't experience some sort of one-time event that we would classify as quote trauma unquote. But the trauma response is still triggered and it we learned it over time in usually in our childhood and it is highly energetic this response that adrenaline dump is so physically powerful and it's meant to help us move forward or exit the situation but that energy has to be released and it has to be integrated in order to allow our nervous systems to reset Otherwise, we're still using our energy to keep it all down or to keep it under control and we're still freezing. So in a stressful or a traumatic situation, if that excess energy in the body is not discharged, then it causes biological and psychological and emotional and mental and behavioral disorders. And when we're in a constant trauma response, the capacity for growth and renewal is forfeited. It's lost. Because we're using old resources to respond to new events. And we do that because our brains wire around our wounds and it creates fixations. And these patterns of fixation can prevent or restrict or distort our movement forward. And when any organism, not just us, but any organism sees an overwhelming mortal danger with little or no chance for escape, then the automatic biological response is a global one, a global paralysis, a global shutdown of the body and the whole system, your thoughts, your emotions, everything. 
as I mentioned last week, it's like accelerating and braking at the same time in a car. So that freeze response is a little bit like a circuit breaker that shuts down the body when it's overloaded. So trauma then is a corruption of the perception of time in our brains. We're experiencing the past as being in the present and it recurs again and again and again. So under threat, our brains are especially attuned to these somatic markers and it stores all of those in procedural memory because the brain might need those markers in the future to help warn us against threats. And in the absence of discharging all of that freeze energy, all of that is stored in the survival memory banks as being ready to jump in and reoccur with the faintest little cue reminiscent of the original experience or experiences. So I want to look at how to work through our memories physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And the goal in doing this is so that we can remember without the automatic response, without the automatic physical response, especially. Remember that our symptoms are showing us our body's memory. They are stress memories. And I I talked about that uh, electricity metaphor. And so in, in some cases, we get overwhelmed with the fact that our bodies are responding automatically. They just go into this sort of, you know, this response and it can be, it can be scary. I was actually talking to somebody about this and it's interesting. I felt a similar sensation when I became pregnant because my body knew how to shelter this new life within me. And I was so amazed, (laughs) I was so amazed at how my body started to go through all of these changes, and I was especially amazed at the process of giving birth, at how automatic it was, and how I had no conscious control over anything that was happening with my body. Now, I want to be careful to point out again that our bodies are not separate from who we are. Our bodies are who we are. We are a combination of spirit and matter. So when we're talking about our bodies as sort of being separate, I don't, I don't mean to make that distinction because it's not, but it, that's how it feels, right? It feels like your body, when it starts into this trauma response, it feels like your body is just on autopilot and it it kind of is but it's responding to what's happening in your spirit and so you can see this dynamic union of the spirit or the soul and the matter the body so we are one and i want to be careful to kind of delineate the fact that what is happening in our bodies is happening because of what is happening in our spirits so it's the spirit that is triggering this physical response and vice versa so it's sort of this cycle we'll say
You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible Study Spirits That Taste Like Cake. Let's get social. I'm no longer on Facebook, so come and connect with me in the new Catholic Evangelista community. Visit BibleStudyEvangelista.com and click Community on the menu, or scroll down to the radio notes and click the link to our community. We're sharing pics and prayers, love the word takeaways and insights on the daily readings, and everything else social. Come share with me. Sonia created the Love the Word Bible Study Method just for you, based on Mary's personal practice and formulated for your personality and temperament. Get your Love the Word meditations every Monday morning by signing up at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Now, here's Sonia. John Paul II keeps this soul-body unity at the forefront for us by saying that we're body persons. We don't have bodies, we are bodies. And God wrote motherhood and healing into us, motherhood for us ladies, and he designed us to be able to nurture a new life without having to think consciously about how to support it or give birth to it. And similarly, our trauma responses help us to stay safe and they're written into our bodies in a similar way, but they can get hijacked. Either way, though, we don't own our bodies or carry them around like a ball and chain. I've said this before, but it's so important. Our body image is important. It's not, it shouldn't be negative is what I'm saying. And that's why I spent so, I've spent this entire series on it, right? The body, our bodies are holy as our souls are holy and our bodies and souls make us human and we belong to God. The body's powers and abilities are moved or compelled by the soul's powers and abilities, or they're supposed to be. And that's what Jesus um, achieved for us through, through his passion and resurrection and our baptism and confirmation. So that when he says the eye or the soul is the lamp of the body, when the eye or the soul is one, when the soul is integrated, when it's whole, when it's healed, it's saved, then the whole body is full of light. So we're not talking about stress responses as somehow being disconnected from the soul, even though they feel automatic. And in the beginning, they really are. We're saying that we ourselves, our souls, our souls are holding these stress responses in. We're holding the emotion in. We're holding the meaning that we experienced in, whether it's conscious or unconscious, and healing means that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. As um, the Gospel of John says in 832, that's a quote uh, from Jesus. He's saying there that it's awareness or consciousness, realizing that our bodies aren't storing the stress for us, but that we ourselves are holding that in. And remember that animals don't hold and store trauma. They don't have that capacity because they don't have a soul. We hold on to the emotions, the self-medication, the lies of those memories through the soul. And pop quizzes then show us our wounds. They show us what we've chosen to hold on to from that event that we felt to be wounding. And of course, we don't choose it consciously or out loud, but we make that choice in response to the event and we continue to carry it out. Our bodies don't do it. We do it. Remember the order of emotion. Information comes in through the senses. The brain decides whether it's dangerous. Emotion follows to move us to safety and action. And then bodily behavior follows. 
So automatic stress responses feel like they're outside of us because they're wired in. And the process happens so fast, it feels uncontrollable, particularly when it is a trauma response that we've learned over time. But the biological order of thought and emotion and stress response shows us that the soul, the intellect, will, emotion is what holds on to them. It's the soul that decides, not our bodies. We do. And if that's true, then we can also choose to release all of that. That's the correct reordering of the human person after the fall. So in order to release all that we've been holding on to from the events that we felt to be wounding, we have to be conscious of our stress responses and our wounds and our physical reactions. And that's why I did that whole show on stress responses so we know what they are and how they operate both negatively and when they're operating positively or in a healthy kind of way. Once we know the physical and emotional reactions that we're repeatedly having to certain events or certain stimuli, when we know that that is a stress or a trauma response, then we can consciously release it. And we do that by the steps in the Working Through Pop Quizzes guide, which we'll go through together in the last segment. But we become aware of the physical symptom and the emotions that have surfaced in the pop quiz. We resist self-medicating behavior because it aborts and delays the healing process. Instead, we start to search for the images and the memories that are attached to those physical symptoms and emotions. Then we look for lies and judgments and vows that we made and that we believed in those memories and images in those original events. We renounce those lies. We do it out loud. We ask the Holy Spirit to exchange those lies and vows and judgments with his truth truth about who we are in him, truth about who others are in him, because the truth will set us free. Then we announce that truth out loud. Then we forgive. Then we search for that fight or flight response that our bodies want to complete that they were not able to complete in the original memory, that self-defense that we would have done if we had had that opportunity in the original event. And then we literally act that out. We act out that physical fight or flight response. Now, if we can get through this entire process, we can experience what trauma therapists call post-traumatic growth, which I'll talk about a little bit more in just a moment. But we're looking for how to integrate this new terrible thing that's happened to us and how to integrate it into our belief system. We start looking for a new belief system because whatever has happened has rocked us to the absolute core. And we start to try to make sense of it. We, we start to try to integrate it. We start to try to, to feel better, or hopefully we do anyway. And you can know that you're on the other side of trauma when you experience what's called this post-traumatic growth. Now, I've seen five and seven areas of growth offered. Uh, I'll give you the big list. A greater appreciation for life, greater appreciation and strengthening of close relationships, increased compassion and altruism, the identification of new possibilities or a purpose in life, greater awareness and utilization of personal strengths, enhanced spiritual growth, and development, and creative growth. Now, that's a long list, right? But here's the gist. When you start to have a more positive outlook on the things that have happened that have been so devastating, 
when you start to look for the pearl, the silver lining, when you start to integrate the experience and you start working through it so that you're not stuck anymore, whether that happens immediately following a trauma or in many of our cases, after a lifetime or a childhood full of it and a lifetime of acting out of that, it doesn't matter when it happens. We're not late to the party, (laughs) right? I mean, when we know better, we do better. So now that we know we can work through the trauma that we've experienced and move into this post-traumatic growth and we can see on the other side of that, we can choose. That's what's so important. And authentic love and support from other people helps nurture that healing and growth for us. In fact, when you've had supportive, authentic love attachments, a traumatic event will probably not even sidetrack you or get you stuck, according to the research. And if you're stuck now because you didn't have relationships early on, good, um, uh, uh, authentic love relationships or authentic love attachments, early on when you experience the trauma, you can choose now not to hold it anymore. You can choose to release it because you know you're safe. And that's why I did the whole Cherish series. If you haven't listened to that series, you should, because we're made in the image of God. And therefore, we are loved and we are safe. We can choose now. In fact, we have to choose. We have to choose to believe the truth that he is present in us with his healing, with his healing and his life-giving presence. We're made in the image of the Trinity for relationship and communion, both with him and with others. We're a body-soul unity that must be united to God and others in communion and community for us to be healed. Why? Because love is our primary human need. Love heals. It's the only thing that heals. And when you have a deficit of good relationships, then you must have a an authentic, deep, abiding, full relationship with God and build on that. So even if you feel utterly utterly alone, you never are. If you live alone and you have no one who feels close like your your person, and maybe that's even your wound. You still always have him. And I know that that seems like such a trite answer, but I am living proof. Now, I did have a good husband, but for the the early parts of my marriage, we didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel that authentic love relationship because I was so wounded. So what I'm saying is your deficits are no impediment to your healing. That's what I'm saying. Whatever your relationship deficits are, you have the ultimate relationship. God himself, it just takes a determination to build that relationship and to heal through it. You're never alone. So the truth is you you do have others, even if you're perhaps not married or you don't have close friends or or whatever, you do have others. There are others who love you. Perhaps they're not the ones you're looking for or that you want. And maybe that's even part of your trauma and your stress response that you're being challenged by your pop quizzes to work through. Perhaps that is part of your wound that you don't have your person or you don't have really close relationships, but it's not an impediment to healing. Praise the Lord. Because the Holy Trinity, the creator of the cosmos, the creator of you, your soul, your body, yourself, you, lives in you.
You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible study spirits that taste like cake. Did you know you can get Bible Study Evangelista radio notes and podcasts delivered to your inbox every Monday morning? Redeem your Mondays. Join thousands of your fellow listeners by subscribing at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Now, here's Sonia. If you're tired of being harassed by anxiety, fear, and depression, if you're ready to end the constant drama and pain in your relationships and circumstances, if you're sick of pain and disease and constant fatigue in your body, you need the Sacred Healing Masterclass. It's packed with practical tools for healing anxiety and woundedness, 10 hours of biblical Catholic teaching on healing for the heart, soul, mind, and body, and the latest science in physics, neuroscience, and somatic psychology. Healing is your promise and inheritance in Christ. Go to BibleStudyEvangelista.com homepage and click on the Sacred Healing Masterclass for details on how you can be healed. You will experience healing through this masterclass, and what you learn will dispose you for love, heart, soul, mind, and strength for the rest of your life. This whole process reminds me of kintsugi, that traditional Japanese pottery repair technique where they mix lacquer with precious metals like gold to fill the cracks and replace missing pieces in a piece of pottery so that the whole piece is even more beautiful than it was before with that brokenness. I love that whole idea and that's kind of what we're talking about here. And I really want to just kind of pause here for a moment and talk about this idea of resiliency or post-traumatic growth. That's a term that was coined by Richard Tedeschi and Lawrence Calhoun. But they have found that many people who experience trauma, like, I don't know, being diagnosed with chronic or terminal illness, losing a loved one, sexual assault, they don't only show resilience, but they actually thrive in the aftermath of the traumatic event. And the studies show, lots and lots of studies, actually, um, a clinical psychologist named George Bonanno actually reviewed a whole bunch of studies. And what they discovered helped them sort of put together these seven areas of growth um, that I mentioned earlier. So that greater, greater appreciation for life, greater appreciation and strengthening of close relationships, increased compassion and altruism, identification of new possibilities or a new purpose in life, greater awareness and utilization of personal strengths, enhanced spiritual development and creative growth. So of course, I mean, people who experience traumatic events and especially post-traumatic growth would almost certainly prefer to have not had the trauma. But those of us who have experienced that post-traumatic growth, I mean, you can't deny, you just can't deny the the goodness of how God has made the human person to heal and the steps, the leaps, I should say, the leaps in growth and progress that you can make spiritually and in every other way. That's actually what I was kind of trying to get at in that show on the degradation of the human person where God almost multiplies by grace this growth that can happen and he accelerates it through the, the suffering, through the trauma, through the sin that came against us through the enemy. 
if that makes sense. It's almost like he takes that and he makes us better than we would have been if we had never had that trauma. And that's what put me in the mind of of that Japanese practice of putting back together a broken piece of pottery with that gold because it really is more beautiful afterward than it was before. Trauma is traumatic, no doubt. It shakes up our world and it makes us look at our goals and our dreams and what we expect and want God to do. And Tedeschi and Calhoun use that metaphor of a seismic earthquake in our lives. We have this set of beliefs and this assumption about the controllability and the goodness of the world. And then we experience trauma and it just shatters that whole view and we get shaken from the foundation and our perceptions and this view that we have of the world. We have to rebuild it. We have to integrate it. We have to understand how God is using it or can use it and will use it and has been using it. I think so often, you know, we experience trauma and we think it's the end. It's not the end. It is the result of sin, either sin sinned against us or sin that we sin out of that event or events. But ultimately, it's all already been redeemed. And we simply need to spend our time here in our history, in salvation history, working through the steps. And that's, I think, what is so beautiful about following the Holy Spirit. When we have a lot of trauma in our lives, you know, we, we, it's such a mess. We don't know where to begin. But that's why it's so important to begin in the, in the pop quizzes, because that's where the Holy Spirit is already working. We want him to do certain things, but he's already been working. He's already working in the pop quizzes. We simply need to follow him through those so that we can reintegrate what has happened with who we are. And that makes us better and more beautiful like that pottery. We'll look at post-traumatic growth in the next show when we look at the elevation of the body. So I don't want to spend a whole lot more time on it, but I do want to at least point out the beauty that is available to us in our healing. And if you're experiencing physical trauma responses in your pop quizzes, and you probably are, and if you're experiencing pop quizzes, and you probably are, (laughs) then that's the invitation to work with the Holy Spirit in healing those wounds, healing the things that you're holding on to, healing the lies that you came to believe about yourself in those original events, be they an event, one event, a traumatic event, or a series of traumatic events that has been stored. So if you feel stuck, what are you holding on to? And if you feel stuck, when was your last pop quiz? And at this point, I'd like to turn your attention to the step-by-step working through pop quizzes sheet that I've been linking to in the last pop, um, the last several shows. And let's work through that. So just kind of hold in your mind for right now, the last pop quiz that you had. And I want to reiterate for like the 500th time that a pop quiz is not your normal irritations. It's not those daily things that just annoy you or even make you mad or even make you explosively mad because a lot of us just have really passionate personalities and we we get loud or we get explosive 
and we're not actually even having a pop quiz. A pop quiz is that interior eruption. It is a super emotional event. It is charged with all this physical energy. It feels like vomit because it it builds. You can feel it coming and it builds and it's it feels uncontrollable. It's a an emotional and a physical response to certain stimuli and there is a pattern to that. It's a pattern. This is so important. I have people all the time, you know, anytime I express any sort of irritation or or whatever or a suffering, oh, well, you're having a pop quiz, you need to work through it. No, that's not a pop quiz. I'm a pop quiz is a serious emotional and physical reaction, but there's a pattern to it. There are certain people, kinds of people, personalities of people that trigger certain responses in you and have over time. And you can see in that pattern of your pop quizzes what those types of people are. And there is an emotion and a memory and a behavior attached to those. So the behaviors, the physical sensations, the physical behaviors are going to be two. The first will be the automatic desire to self-medicate. That's typically your predominant fault. Mine was rage. I wanted to tear up something and it felt uncontrollable because it was provoking a trauma response. And there was all kinds of stuff that that went along with that. Your gestures, your emotion, your posture, and an increased heart rate, difficulty breathing, clenched fists or jaw. All of those are physical symptoms and they generate a lot of energy, a lot of emotion. And first, you want to self-medicate because you want to get away from that feeling, our Trauma therapists call that avoidance. We don't want to avoid it by self-medicating. You want to enter into it. Don't react. So the first step is the stop tool. S is sin not. Again, we're coming from Psalm 4.4 where it says, be angry but sin not. Your predominant fault probably isn't anger. It could be overeating, overdrinking, overworking. It could be any number of things that we use to self-medicate. But our first behavior is that desire to self-medicate, to avoid the, the physical response that comes up, the emotional response that comes up, all of that. It's just, it's just awful. It's awful feeling. But the Holy Spirit uses those pop quizzes to alert us to where he is trying to heal us. And they happen in patterns because we haven't gotten the message from them We continue to push them away rather than entering into them. So like Jesus, who said that I always do what the father is doing, he looked to see where the father was working and he joined him there. We do the same thing through our pop quizzes. We look at our pop quizzes and over time, we try to discern the pattern in those with him. And once you've discerned the pattern, (laughs) he will likely send you one. (laughs) And anytime I teach on pop quizzes, which is almost all the time in my talks, I always tell people, expect it. Now that you know, expect that you'll have one because that is the Holy Spirit giving you an, an opportunity to practice what he's teaching. So the first step is to sin not. That means we don't want to self medicate, we don't want to for me to act out aggressively in anger but we also don't want to stuff it because that's just as sinful 
Stuffing would be the freeze and the fawn response. And while that may keep us safe in the short term, it's not a good strategy long term. You're listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Bible Study Spares That Taste Like Cake. If you love having Bible study in your pocket, you can become a friend of the show. Click on the yellow friend of the show button on BibleStudyEvangelista.com and become a supporter of any amount and any frequency. Now, here's Sonia. When we have identified that we are having a pop quiz, when we feel the behavior, not only in the desire to self-medicate, but also the physical symptoms, when we feel the symptoms in our bodies and the emotion, the emotional and the physical symptom eruption, we S sin not. Then T, we tell God, and that's where we do all of the introspection, the self-knowledge, as Catherine of Siena puts it, we do that process of self-knowledge. So what is the trigger event and what are you feeling in the situation, both physically and emotionally? What behavior do you feel automatically drawn to act on? That's typically a self-medication response, often the predominant fault, but there's probably also an action of self-defense that your body wants to complete. So turn your attention to the, the emotions and the behavior that your body is exhibiting. And then you want to probe for the emotion and the memory or the images that are attached to that. Both the physical symptoms and the emotion will have a memory or an image attached to that. What are you feeling in your body? Where do you feel it? What is your body telling you? And what does your body want to do right now in that pop quiz? The S step of the stop tool is to give you space between the event and the reaction. Sin not. And as I say all the time, your guardian angel loves to help you with this. So if you have found a habit of simply acting and then being sorry for it, (laughs) as in my case, if you have that happen, then you want to ask your guardian angel to alert you before you actually sin, before you act out. Now, sin in this particular context, it might not be like some sort of immoral activity. It could simply be that you are ignoring the message that your body and your soul are telling you in the pop quiz. And that's not sin in in like the active sense necessarily where you're actively doing something, a sin of commission, right? Unless you do actually sin out of it. But it can be a sin of omission where we're not really searching for that self-knowledge that could help us work through the pop quiz and therefore the underlying trauma of it. So the S step is just meant to give us some space between acting out of the emotion and the self-medicating behavior that that is triggered and then determining what's going on underneath it. And that happens in the T, tell God step, because Psalm 4-4 says, sin not, meditate on your bed and be silent, offer the right sacrifices 
or the sacrifices of righteousness and put your your trust in God. So S is sin not, T is tell God, and that is the step in which we do all of this work, this self-knowledge work, the probing for the understanding. And at this point, then we want to ask Jesus or God, the Father or God, the Holy Spirit to show us the root memory. And we're not trying to analyze it or figure it out. A lot of times when I ask people this, they they go straight into the logic part of their brain and they want to try to figure it out. But the Holy Spirit will often give it to us in ways that are different from our logic. We'll get it maybe from a feeling or a picture. The root of it could be one memory. It could be a series of memories. It could be an emotion or a feeling. We're not trying to analyze it or figure it out. We're just listening and receiving. We ask Jesus or the Father or the Holy Spirit to show us the root of the eruption. What is the root of this desire to self-medicate? What is the root of this emotion? Where is the memory? And if the root of it is pre-verbal, then there won't be a, a picture necessarily. There may just be a feeling and not a memory. If the root is generational, there might not even be any emotion. If there's more than one memory, you want to try to identify the emotion that's common to all of them. You might see pictures or a memory replay like a movie. That, that is what most often happened to me. You might have a revelation of truth, such as, oh, it wasn't a dream. Or you might get a verse. I often had that happen because I had so much scripture in, uh, acclimated into my heart. I would receive a particular scripture. That's also why in that working through pop quizzes guide, I included the your identity in Christ verses so that you could start incorporating the truth of who you are in Christ into your healing. But you you might just have a revelation of truth when you ask for this root memory, when you ask Jesus or God, the Father or, or the Holy Spirit to show you the root of the emotion and the self-medicating behavior, you may see or a memory, or you might just get this revelation. It might even be a verse. You might just get a word. You might feel that memory in your body and you probably will. You may have just an inner knowing. Yes, that actually did happen. That can happen sometimes when you've repressed memories. Suddenly you just know it did happen. I'm not making it up. I didn't dream it. It really did happen. And your body likely has an urge to take some kind of action in self-defense in response to that memory. And what is it? You want to identify what that is. And if at this point, at any time, you start to feel overwhelmed, then you want to dim the switch. You want to go directly to your Emmanuel moment because your body and your heart and your mind are caught up in the past, in the trauma, and you're, you're tempted to either check out or you're being flooded. And if that happens, you'll feel this panic. And so you want to dim the switch. You want to go to your Emmanuel moment. You want to ground yourself in the present moment. What do you see? What do you touch? You want to feel your clothes on your skin. You want to be present in the present moment. You want to bring that Emmanuel moment of peace and love and all the goodness, the resources of that goodness into the present moment so that your body can relax. You want to try your box breathing or the the deep breathing that helps still that 
limbic system or the emotional system, that vagus nerve that has been activated, you might feel it in your gut, you might feel it in your heart, you might feel it in your head, your body though, is likely experiencing the memory and the events. And oftentimes I ask people, if let's say that they're feeling it in their guts, and their guts are a mess, I often ask them to place their attention on that area on their gut and what it's feeling and how it feels in their body and ask it what it is trying to say. What is your body trying to tell you? If it could speak, what would it say? This is where also you want to look for those physical metaphors. So if your throat feels closed and you have a hard time breathing or swallowing, could it be because You need to say something and you were never allowed to say it. Once we have the behavior and the emotion and the image or the memory, we want to identify whatever it is that the body wants to do in self-defense. We want to be able to allow the body to discharge all of that energy, all of that adrenaline, whatever it is that your body wanted to do in self-defense in that original memory, you want to physically act that out. You want to physically allow your body as many times as is necessary to go through the motions of that physical response to help discharge that energy. And then you're looking for the meaning of it. We want to ask Jesus or God, the father or God, the Holy Spirit, what he wants you to know about that memory. What is the lie that you came to believe about yourself from that experience, the original one? Well, actually both what's happening in the pop quiz, but then the memory attached to it with the emotion and the original occurrence that that the memory is attached to the lie and the pain of the original event should match the initial pain and the lie of the pop quiz. And then you want to verbally renounce the lie. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am bad. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am invisible, whatever. And then what is the truth that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father wants to exchange with you for that lie? The truth is I was made good and I am good. You say it out loud. And then you forgive. Now that can be a process. It it might be something that, that you have to work up to. But ask God to enter into that difficulty. And then at some point forgive. In the name of Jesus, I forgive so and so for so and so. And then again, if you haven't already done it, you want to either imagine and or physically act out allowing your body to complete that self-defense action that it seems automatically urged to perform. And then you give thanks to God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then you're ready after you've worked through all of that to offer the right sacrifice to determine with God what is the right thing to do here and then put your trust in God. And then if you don't receive anything, you want to look for barriers, inner vows, judgments, things like that that you need to renounce. And always, if you're panicking, go back to your Emmanuel moment and pray, Jesus, be present with me in this memory and help me feel safe. Bring that Emmanuel moment into the presence or the present. I'm sorry. Look for walls of unforgiveness. If there's a barrier, ask the Lord to reveal that barrier and its source. Your promise is healing. You will, through your healing, become more beautiful, more whole more integrated than you would have been if you had never experienced that trauma. Now that we have looked at what the church and the Bible and science 
have revealed about the spirit or soul body connection, the mind body connection, we're ready to look at the elevation of the body, which we'll do or begin doing next week. Until then, I'm Sonia Corbett, your Catholic Evangelista. Thank you for listening to the Bible Study Evangelista Show. Find out more at BibleStudyEvangelista.com.